Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Today, I'm with my first ever guest that I ever had on my podcast. It's been almost four years now. The It was August 18th is when the first ever episode dropped. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I don't know the official date of when I wanted to become a podcaster, but within that previous week or two, I had this guest on. We shot. We didn't shot. We didn't shoot. It was just audio. It was just audio. In my in my, in, in someone's house. Yeah, someone's yeah. friend's house. I don't know who it was. I no longer talked to the man. But yeah, that was crazy. I literally started in like a friend's house, yeah. and I had like one microphone <laughs> and like a super shitty laptop. A MacBook. Yeah. 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 And I had. Did I do that or not? I think I was debating whether or not to do it, but um. I was debating whether or not to pirate um, Fruity Loop Studios, uh-huh. but I ended up buying it. And that was like the, so right out the bat, I had already spent money on the laptop, the microphone, and then at F- FL Studios was 200 bucks. So like I was already, and I didn't have like 200 bucks really spent back then. Yeah, so yeah. I was already invested by spending that 200 bucks. Yeah. And I met you through a, uh, my, my guest today is Isaac. You know what's funny? Yeah. When I first, when I first reached, no, when we first did the podcast, you refused to tell me your name. Really? Yeah, and you're like, I don't want anyone to know my name. And you could say this episode is Sneaker Two O Six. No, you said it was, yeah, Sneaker Two O Six or something. Souls. Two O Six Souls. I didn't say my name. No, the entire time, like I was like, so what's your name, man? And like you would not tell me your name, and I was like, is I this like a drug dealing sneakerhead or something? I did say that because I do remember I was really like, okay, so the whole name thing was like. I didn't, I, I was getting a, enough hate already for okay. like having all the shoes, but I was like, if people knew my name, they could just see where I live. Yeah. Like they can figure everything out. And then over some time I was like, I don't think it really matters like that much. Um, but my name's Isaac. Now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Cause after like, four years, after four years. So like, yeah. I was very like, obviously brand new to yeah. podcasting and like, you had no idea who I really was, so I feel like there wasn't much um, of like a relationship built yeah. on the podcast because like yeah. I had no idea what I was doing. You were like, "What the fuck am I doing?" And yeah. then maybe like a month or two ago, you come to this studio, Third Wheel, yeah. as um, a guest on my clients, your aunt's podcast. Yeah. And like your whole like energy and vibe was different. Like you came in more confident. Yeah. Like you were talking to her about real estate and like your your sneaker journey life. And I was like, damn, like you've yeah. you've grown, man. It's been a long road. I'll say that. Like I th- initially when I did your podcast, I was watching a lot of Gary V. You know the guy who <laughs> yeah. always and he was like do garage sales. He was like he was like get on social media. Like I read a book when I was like sixteen about like him saying you got to get on social media. So I was like, all right, well, he does a lot of podcasts. He does YouTube. He does Instagram. I'm just going to do all three. Mm. So Jake posted something about you doing a podcast. And I was like, okay, I'm going to get on this podcast. Yeah, I'm going to get on Instagram. I'm going to get on YouTube. And it's actually funny. The first podcast I did, um, they deleted their channel. Damn. But they were growing really quick. And, um, that video, they part that we, they interviewed me and I was like, no one back then, mm-hmm. but I knew them through a mutual friend and that, that video hit like 75,000 views. Damn. And I was like, wait, people actually like sneakers. And I was like, I should start a YouTube channel. Yeah. Like people want to hear about it and no one wanted to hear about it. And I was like, 
you know, start with doing a podcast with you, start with doing a, you know, YouTube channel, Instagram channel. Um, but it's been a long road. It's been a really long road since, uh, what was that, 2019? Yeah, man. I think I, it was, how old are you, by the way? I'm 22 right now. Okay, same. So we're the yeah, same age. Yeah. Like, we had both literally like just graduated high school. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, the summer of graduated high school. And I had, I just randomly decided that I wanted to be in, in like, radio and media. Yeah. And I, I decided not to go to, I, I, when I really think about it, that's crazy. I, I skipped out on college. Like, I had everything lined up, all the scholarships. And I skipped out on college to work in radio and be a podcaster. And like there was like no actual like business mind yet of like how to even make that make money off it. I was just like, yeah. I don't want to go to college. I'm just going to podcast. <laughs> it's actually funny you say that. I was just about to get my associates. Wow. And I dropped. So you did like running start? Yeah, I did running start. And then I just completely dropped. And I was like, I'm not going to go to college like four years. Like, cause I was reading a lot of books at the time and I was like, either way, I'm going to go to college. They're going to mm. make me read books about stuff I probably don't want to read about. Yeah. So I was like, why don't I just buy books or go to the library, read books, see what it tells me and then do it. Um, that's where I got a lot of my education from, Damn. to be honest. You want to know the truth too? I don't even think I have my high school diploma. That's why They never sent it to me. Dude, they didn't send me mine either. I don't know if I, if I even graduated high school. But you walked, right? I walked, but they never sent me it. And Dude, that's the same thing that happened to me. I think I got You want to know it's crazy? <laughs> you want to know it's actually crazy? No one's, ever, no one's ever heard this on a podcast. No one's ever heard this anywhere except my, my dad. Literally, my dad. <laughs> He's the only one I tell stuff to. I didn't do a single test, homework, assignment, or anything in high school. Damn. I've never done a like assignment, test, or any single piece of like thing they give you homework once all four years of high school <laughs> how did you even this is like it's crazy for me to say this because it's the first time i've ever said this but there's a guy from okay this is a long story i don't know if i even want to get into it <laughs> let's get into it i'm in shoes right yes and i met a lot of people i know today through facebook facebook groups mm -hmm. and there's a guy named quinn and he was like i think he was like a couple years older than me two three years older than me and he posted we did shoe business on Facebook and he posted on Facebook. He was like, I'll do anyone's homework for like $10, $15 or something for assignment. <laughs> and I was like, either way, I'm busy with reselling shoes during school. I was like, I might as well. I've done a deal with him before. Like he's probably good at what he does. I was like, let's just test it out. Yeah. So I start paying him to do my homework and essays and everything, math, homework, everything. And he's getting A's on all of it. Oh my God. He's getting A's on all of it. So I'm like, okay, I'm like... <laughs> I, I, he he loves shoes just like me. He cause he's really smart. I'm not that smart for school. And I was like, I might as well just like focus on the shoe thing all of high school. Yeah, and just pay him to do my work. Wait, so you were doing this by like freshman year even? Freshman year, <laughs> freshman year, freshman year of high school. And then you might ask, how did I get A's on my tests and exams and everything like that? This is like the actually like craziest thing. Like <laughs> people would never think this, but I used to we would message through Facebook Messenger. And I would, when the test started, I would take my test, put it under my desk. Because if I take my phone out and I take a picture like this, the teacher is going to see it. So yeah. I take a picture with the test on the floor. Yeah. Take a picture, send it to him. He does everything within 15 minutes. What the heck? Sends a picture back to me. And then I just have my phone right here and I just write the answers. 
But your teacher like never caught you once? Never caught me. I almost got caught once. Um, what? The te- I was the only kid in, in the class who got 100% for my math test. Damn. And there was one there was one question that nobody in the class got. And he was like surprised that I'm the only one that got it. And so he's like, why don't you come up here and tell the class how you solve this problem? Oh, shit. I didn't solve the problem. So I go up there and I'm like, um, you know, so this is what, you know, this is what I did. I like moved this. I didn't know what I was talking about. And then I looked at him and I'm like, aren't you the teacher? Like, don't you get paid for this? Yeah. And he's like, he was like, okay, you're right. And then he like sat me back down and then that's it. I, I never, never got caught. But Damn. Do I recommend that for anyone? Probably not. No. But like never, no one ever suspected, like, were you a quiet kid or like, were you outgoing or like, what, why did people, no one like expect you to be that guy or suspect? Not suspect, suspect me yeah. to be like. The guy cheating on the. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I was just so like busy with the shoe thing because yeah. I've been doing it for like 10 years now. How old are you when you started? Either 12 or 13. Damn. One of those ages. So I was really young. Um, I started in middle school. And so going from middle school to high school, I was like, I still need to do what I'm doing because I'm making money. I'm like, mm. I want to still buy more shoes. I want to do different things. And like, I was like, I, I, I can't do shoes and school at the same time. Mm. So I have to delegate, you know, the school part and pay yeah. out of my profits and then just keep doing shoes. And so I did that all four years. Um, I definitely wouldn't recommend it to anyone. But you know some stuff, right? You probably know what 10 times 10 is. Yeah, I know what 10 times 10 <laughs> is, but I probably know what 10, 10 times 10 is from doing sneaker deals. Yeah. And like, like calculating profits like that. If you have 10 sneakers and you give away. Yeah. <laughs> if you make $10 per 10 sneakers, you make yeah. $100. Like that's how my mind would work. And um, yeah, man, it's if you don't have a business you're running in high school, definitely don't do that. Yeah. Do not do that. Like that's something I would say like, yeah, don't do it. How did I, the, I don't know. Like I didn't even get my diploma, so I'm happy saying that. I don't really care. Wait, so when you were signing up for classes going forward, did yeah. you let this guy know what classes you're going to take? Dude, he knew everything. What the And fuck? you know what's funny? Since he wrote all my essays, I wasn't that great of a writer. Mm. I could think of like, you know, I'll tell him like, this is what you write. This Like I knew how to tell him it and he yeah. would do it. But like, I didn't really know how to write that great. And so I wrote my first book the first year out of high school. And he wrote all my essays. So I was like, why don't we just go in together on this book? Because wow. I know I know everything you need to write. You just need to put it the right way. Like write it the right way. And so first year out of high school for my first book, I was like, we've worked together for like four years now. Mm-hmm. Like I trust every like you've got an A on everything. Have you met this guy in person yeah. before that? Yeah. Okay. No, no, no. Before we worked together, no. I met him <laughs> two years ago for the first time. <laughs> yeah. In Florida. It just happened we we're in Florida the same week. Oh my and I gosh. and I met him there. Um shout out to Quinn Damn. from Boston. That's my guy, Quinn. What um, the fuck? Yeah. And you guys did you guys like kick it off when like you Yeah. Wow. Super chill. Super chill guy. So we we kicked it off right away, and he was great. Did, Solid guy. Did he? So he went to school. He went to school. Okay. I, I think he got his like his like masters or something. Some something he not masters, but like some business school. I think some he college got. stuff, right? Some college <laughs> stuff. I don't really know. And now he's in finance. Um, 
Shout yeah. out to Quinn. Did he have like multiple people he was doing their homework for, or was it just you? After he found out, like for like it worked with me, he started getting on more people and would like help more people. But yeah, I think I was the first one. I wonder if that's is that considered? I don't know if that's illegal or not. I guess we're not posting it if it's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think it's illegal because it's like school. Yeah, it's. I mean, if they put me in jail for cheating on my tests, so be it. That's so funny though. Yeah. Damn. Okay. So, how did you how did you get your start with sneakers? This is we're just like oh, Ooh. someone's music gear is in this room. <laughs> we're holding on to it. Um, um, so let's treat this episode as like almost like a re- I don't want to say a redo, but yeah. we'll, we'll dive yeah. back into things that because yeah. you're we're both better for it now. I feel like yeah. So you got your start at twelve or thirteen. Yeah. That's twelve or thirteen. Yeah, really young. Um. I feel like I didn't even really know much. I think I was wearing like, is Fat Farm a sneaker? I think I was wearing like Fat Farm sneakers or some bullshit like off-brand sneakers when I was growing up. Fat Farm sounds like a Facebook like video game. I think it's, I think it was some, I think that was a (laughs) brand of sneaker I was wearing. It was like P-H-A-T Farm or something. I could be wrong, but I was wearing like really off-brand is like bullshit clothes and sneakers that my parents were buying me. Yeah. And then like when I was, yeah, I'd probably say 12, um, my stepdad took me to the mall. Yeah. And like he bought me my first pair of like Jordans. One of them was like a Jordan 1 mid and another one was like um, a pair of flights, I think. Yeah. And I had the, I have like the red one still, the flights fell apart. But like, that was my first, I didn't even know anything about clothes or sneakers until I went to the mall and actually had someone buy me. So how did you get your start even knowing what sneakers were? I think I would go to the mall. There's a mall called Northgate Mall. They closed now. And I would go there a lot when I was younger and they would have like the chic shoes, foot locker, foot action. And I would just like window shop. Mm. I really liked all the shoes there. I didn't know what they were. And then I remember when I was either 12, I think I was 12, I bought the ugliest like Jordan flights or whatever. They're like mm. this tall, like I thought they're sick. Yeah. And my brother went in my room and he's like, these aren't the Jordans you're supposed to wear. Mm-hmm. Like those are the fake Jordans. And I was like, what do you mean? These are, these are Jordans. Like they're Jordans. Like if it's, it, he's doing the dunking thing. I was like, they're Jordans. What do you mean? He's like, nah, like these aren't, these aren't the Jordans. I was like, okay, like, what am I going to get made fun of for wearing them? Um, So I wore them and I was like, I thought they're the sickest thing. And then I came back to him and I was like, what do you mean by these are not the real ones? And he's like, they're not the retros. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, so there's like the cool version of Jordans and like the non-cool version of Jordans. And then he's like, yeah. So I started researching every single Jordan pretty much there was. Damn. Um, And I came across a pair of cool gray 11s on Craigslist. And the guy was selling them for dirt in my size. This was, I think they released in, if I'm not mistaken, it was like 2011. So this was like 2012 or 2013, maybe something like Mm. that. And I was like, I'm going to buy them. They're used, but- What size were you at the time? I think it was like a nine. Okay. Nine and a half, nine. And they're like 95 or a hundred bucks, 120 bucks, something like that. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to buy them. Cause I was like, you know, they look sick. Mm-hmm. They're probably like 500 brand new. And I was like, I'm, I'm just going to buy them. Yeah. And so I met him up at my local community center. I biked down there, yeah, like down the hill. 
um, brought my backpack so I can put them in. There's no box. I didn't know how to authenticate them. I didn't know how to do anything. The guy came. They smelled like cigarettes and like <laughs> the nastiest stuff. But I was like, I don't really care. So I paid him the money. Thank God they're real. Hmm. I put him in my room in a little rep box. And uh, my brother comes in and he's like, they're not real. And I'm like, what do you mean they're not real? Like, how are they not real? And he's like, the laces aren't right. Turns out they were real. They were just rep laces. Like, hmm. they were, like, not real laces. Yeah. And, you know, all these, like, different experiences when I was younger kind of figure out, okay, like, rep laces, rep box, they don't have a box, the condition, how they look in person. Hmm. All of that kind of, like, molded me into, like, how I just understand almost everything about sneakers and reselling today. Um but that was my first shoe, the Cool Gray 11. And I remember like, I would wear them a lot. Like I remember wearing them um, to school a lot. I remember I wore them to like uh, U Village and went to the Apple store and all that. So were you from like the North End? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. When I was younger. And I would wear them. I wore them to to the Apple store one time to like get my iPod fixed. And a bunch of employees are like, oh, six shoes, like six <laughs> shoes. And then after that, I was like, all right, like I'm, I'm going to buy more. I'm mm -hmm. going to get more. Somehow I'm going to get more. I don't know how but I'm going to get more. Mm -hmm. And so from then on, it was just like a nonstop grind of like finding shoes on Craigslist, finding shoes on Facebook marketplace. Not There wasn't even Facebook marketplace. It was like Facebook groups. Mm -hmm. And I would just be on there 24 seven and just find pairs, anything. But how'd you afford them at first? Like 12, 13? Yeah. So the cool gray 11s, I'm pretty sure I probably sold them for like a hundred dollar profit. After that, probably had a 300, 350, something like that. And then um, from then on, I would go on Facebook Marketplace. Then I would only buy used. So I'd buy another used pair, clean it up for like two days, mm. sell it again. And I would take the bus to meetups or I would bike to meetups. So I, I didn't have a car at the time. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm young. My mom was not taking me anywhere. Yeah. She would not take me anywhere. My dad would. Shout out to my dad. Like he would take me everywhere. But my mom would not, and my and my dad would work all day. So it was like the only time he could take me somewhere was at like seven or eight. Mm. And um, that's another thing about meetups is like you don't want to do meetups at night. You want to do them during the day. You want to get robbed or you something? You don't want to get robbed, exactly. And so there was a lot of learning experiences uh, when I was younger doing meetups. And uh, from then on, it was just like flipping used pairs. I did that for a couple of years, I think until 2015, 2016. Um, by then I probably had like maybe 10 grand. Damn, from used shoes. Yeah, maybe 10 grand. I can't remember. I would go to events to sell them, bring my friends with me. People would buy used shoes at events? Yeah. Yeah, they would buy used shoes. I would sell on eBay. Damn. Um, eBay's now trying to go heavy in sneakers because they see like, you know, hmm. how it's going. But I would I would do everything I could to sell them. Um, and back then there was no stock X, there was no goat, there was no, like, it wasn't like it is today. Mm -hmm. Like resellers today, like to say the least, they have it pretty easy. Yeah. Um, but back then, yeah, it was, it was a grind. It was, it was an actual grind. And if you do something for 10 years, like you're probably going to be good at it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it's just like that time. It's, it's great that I started when I was really young. That's wild. That's kind of like when I have an older like hip hop artist on, even though hip hop isn't, it's only celebrated its 50th anniversary. Like I think, was it this year maybe? Yeah. But like, that's crazy that you're able to say that for what you do though, that you're one of the earlier people for. Yeah. 
I'm not going to say I was like the earliest. Right. But still like in yeah. the earlier years. I think like, you know, the store Flight Club. Yeah. They started in 05. So if I started in like 2012, that means like you could say I was like seven years yeah. late to the game. But still, still early on. Yeah. It, it was very early. Um, yeah. And I think that's like a big reason why I just have like a huge intuitive sense of like where sneaker market goes just like about everything mm. just like everything in general like i said like if you do something for 10 years anything yeah you're gonna know the ins and outs of everything yeah that's so. surprising that your parents were pretty they were pretty open to you selling sneakers that young not my mom not really my dad either <laughs> um they didn't like the fact that i was buying used pairs mm-hmm. and i would wear them and then i'd sell them and they're like don't you think you're going to get like a disease or something? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I don't really Has care. Has that ever happened to anyone buying used sneakers? It never happened to me. <laughs> I mean, I stopped doing that a while ago, but yeah. it never happened to me. Um, That was their biggest concern. The second concern was like, I'm biking like an hour to a meetup. Damn. Like, will I get robbed? Will they steal my money? Never happened. Wow. Um but that was a huge concern for them. Um, luckily, they got over it after like five years. Mm-hmm. After five years. How'd you vet people like when you were younger? Vet people? Yeah. Like how'd you make sure they weren't going to be some crazy person on the other end of the line? So I would literally stalk them on Facebook like got before it. I did the meetup. So like there's this was all through Facebook Messenger and they'd be like, all right, let's meet up at this time or that time. And I'd be like, okay, cool. I'd go on their Facebook profile. I'd literally look through everything they've ever posted on a sneaker group and see, you know, is there anything about them that where they scammed someone, sold fakes, robbed someone, or I'd post like a reference post on Facebook and then people would be like, oh, he's legit or he's not legit. Um, That's really how I did it. It was really just like references. And um, if someone else did a deal with them and it went smooth, I was probably fine. Mm -hmm. So that's really how it started on Facebook. Um, Yeah, from then on, I kind of just like, stopped doing used after Facebook and went towards brand new only. But mm. that's only when I had more money. Yeah. So. But were there ever like, I know this is not that direct of a comparison, but like sometimes if I'm buying something off Facebook Marketplace or yeah. even Amazon under their like third party sellers. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take that. Like I just bought this. It's only like, I only got it for like 50 bucks, but there's like these like mini DJ controllers. So I don't have yeah. to take up my entire controller to DJ every time I want to practice. Yeah. They usually go for a hundred and some random seller on Amazon was selling it for 50 bucks. And like, you don't know if it's going to be fucked up or whatever. Yeah. And it was like almost brand new. Right. So yeah. sometimes I take risks and like work with like something that looks shady or they don't have a lot of reviews, mm-hmm. but you don't always want to do that. But for, for you, have you ever had like something you thought was going to be a big risk, but it turned out to be successful when you bought a sneaker or something early yeah, on? Absolutely. Yeah. So when I was, uh, I did a lot of consignment with flight club. I think I started when I was like 15, hmm. maybe I was pretty young. This was a while ago. Um, and I was buying a pair of Jordan 11s and I didn't know how to authenticate. So I was just like, I came to the meetup and I was like, can you write an invoice for me on PayPal at the meetup? I was like, I don't want to do cash anymore. I was like, just write me a PayPal invoice, say they're legit and I'll pay it. And then if they're fake, I'll charge back Mm. or something. Yeah. And, uh, he did it and I was like, okay. And then, so I legit checked them with 
um, one of the guys that actually owns an app called Check Check, which <laughs> is like a, I don't know, it's a huge like legit check app. Um, but this was back in 2015, 2014, when we were both like not really that big in sneakers. Mm. But now he has that app. And I, I was like, yo, are these real? And he's like, yeah, they're real. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I consigned him at Flight Club. I make like $250 off that flip. Um, and then from then on, I just go crazy with it. Mm. Just buy, 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 buy. Sometimes ask him, are they legit? He, yeah. He'd help me out. Um, but that was probably like a pretty scary moment because if they were fake, I would have lost yeah. pretty much all my money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Have you ever accidentally bought fakes? I did a trade where I had Kobe Grinches. And someone wanted to trade my pair for his champagne sixes. Um, I did the trade. I came home. The shoes are fake. Uh, and I, I never got a hold of him again. Damn. Never got a hold of him. I, I lost those Kobe Grinches. They were like five, 600 at the time. Um, that's the only time I got screwed with mm. fakes. Um, that was tough. That was a tough loss too. Doesn't What'd you seem... do with them? I think I sold them to someone as like fake. I just told him they're fake. And he was like, okay, yeah, I don't care. I'll buy them for like half the price. And I was Damn. like, all right. That was actually a tough like hit. I bet. To me. Like that was a really tough hit. I went to the meetup with my dad pretty late to like some grocery store, Fred Meyer. And um, I came home, legit checked him with my like sent it to people. And they're like, they're fake. That was a gut-wrenching feeling. I bet. Like, that was tough because I was like, damn, like, I can't even tell my dad either because, like, then he's going to be like, oh, like, you know, goes to show that the sneaker game is all, like, you know <laughs> Yeah, what I mean? yeah, yeah. So I couldn't even tell anyone. Like, I – and then, like, yeah, there's this whole thing about, you know, on Facebook calling people out. So I called him out. Nothing ever happened. Um, hmm. I think I, the guy who sold him to me got banned and he was like a meme for like a year. Hmm. But aside from that, yeah, I mean, I just sold him as fake to someone else. Um, man, all these memories are coming back. Is your eye pretty good for like fakes and not fakes at yeah, this point? Yeah, really good, yeah. And like, do you know, like, can you recognize most shoes just by looking at something and be like, that's what, like yeah. you probably know these are. Power phase. Yeah. 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 I like these because they're very low key where people think they're like just beat up shoes, but they're like still Yeezys. They you are, know? yeah. I used to have, I used to wear those all the time. Yeah. They're really good. Super they're pretty, Yeah. You know? Yeah. But like, no, and most people that I wear these around, they're like, what are those just look like shitty Adidas? I'm like, damn, thanks. No, they're not shitty Adidas <laughs> yeah, they're at all. Fucking I used to buy a pair like every six months. Yeah. Like, the leather ones because I like them so much. Little yeah. Pan, I love them so much. Fuck yeah. So, um, you just continue like what kept you going in the sneaker game man i just like when you when you when you do something when you're young it's almost like you have that like emotional connection to it and mm. like you just can't you just can't stop you just have to keep going and so i just had like i just kept going and i was like after you know doing the whole consignment thing with uh flight club since i was like 14 15 i was like okay um let me dive into investments and outlets and i started doing outlets probably like 20 around that same time like I'd a nike like, outlet nike outlet yeah like i'd go to nike outlets because i had a car at that time 2016 yeah um so i could now go to nike outlets and i would drive up to Tulalip. yeah like an hour away or something mm -hmm. and 
I would go every single week, even sometimes during school, um, and just try and buy stuff for cheap mm-hmm. and then flip them. Um, I did that a lot. That was like 2016, 2015. And then I was doing investments. That's a huge thing about like my brand now, Sneaker Invest. I named it after like investments on mm-hmm. sneakers. And like 2016, I remember I was doing holds like before my first kind of big one, but 2016, the White Cement 4s released. I think you know about those. Mm-hmm. And at the time, I think they were going for about 250, 260. Um, and I was like, these are going to go up in price. All the other ones went up in price. I was like, I'm just going to go at it with my first sneaker investment. Back then, this yeah. was not that big. Yeah. Like everyone and every single reseller nowadays is like sne- investments, investments, investments. Yeah. When I was doing it, like not that many people were doing it. Yeah. Like people wouldn't think about it as like a long term, like hold it and it's going to go up in price. And so these white cement fours in 2016 with the Nike air on the back, mm. that was like new. Um, I was like, these have to go up. There's no way. Last time they released them were in like, I think it was like the 90s or something. I don't really remember, but it was a while ago. Um, so I took all the money I had, started meeting up with every single person locally to buy size like nine and a half to 13. Wait, for- what's the, isn't something like nine and a half the most common size or something? Or has it It is, but you have to like, for fours, size 12 to 13 will always sell for the highest. Um, hmm. Back then, I kind of knew it, but I was still like experimenting with investments. And so I looked at every single marketplace near me for white cement fours for anywhere from 250 to 260. Mm. I think I bought like 40, maybe 50 or something. I think it was like 40, 40 of them. Uh, Put them in my closet. And I think literally, I think it was like three or four months later, the shoe was at 350. Damn. Like it went up so quickly by $100 each pair. And in stocks, right? Like if you buy a stock for 250 and it's 350 in a couple of months, like that's a really good investment. Yeah, yeah. And so in my head, I was just like, okay, well, I I sell all these 40 shoes for a hundred dollar profit. I'm making four grand doing nothing. Mm -hmm. They were sitting in my closet. I did nothing. I just bought them. They went up in price. I sell them. I make four grand within those three months. That's like, I don't know how much that is per month, but it's like a couple grand per month doing Mm -hmm. nothing. And so from then on, I was like, this investing in shoe thing is like, it can work really well, just like stocks. And um, from then on, I mean, I just kept doing, I kept doing different investments, kept experimenting. Um, I think from the year 2016 to 2021, I don't think I had a single investment that failed. Damn. I don't think I had a single investment. And then 2021. But how do you know? Like, how do you know what's going to be a good investment? Just like the style? Back then, it was just like, it's so hard to say, but like, I wrote a book called Art of the Hold, which like kind of like breaks down my thought process behind investments. But back then it was like, it was just like intuition. Hmm. It was weird. Like it was just like, like I said, it goes back to been like doing it for so long, like watching these trends and seeing, you know, what happens here, what happens there. But back then it was just like weird, but like, I just kind of knew. Hmm. I just kind of knew what was going to go up. I didn't have to think about it. I would look at a shoe and I'd be like, yeah, like that shoe is going to go up in price. I just like, I just, it's also like, you also have to kind of have the sense of like, will people be wearing that shoe? Hmm. You know what I mean? Will people, will will people wear that shoe? And then if a lot of people wear it, um, then there's not that many new pairs on the market. And then the new pairs are going to have to go up in price because supply and demand, there's less supply now. There's, um, 
there's uh, more demand because more people want it. And so that was like a big part of my thought process, but also just like, I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like, I think it's just like the intuitive sense. There's never any analysis or anything like that. Got I it. just kept hitting those. So you've been doing it for a few years at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Um, and then I started posting them on YouTube and, uh, that's kind of how I got my name out there. Um, every single sneaker reseller tried to do investments. I think like after 2020. What did you do on YouTube though? Like you'd talk about shoes or? Yeah. So my first video, this was a little bit after we did our podcast, mm. our first podcast. I made a video um, about Travis Scott, uh, Jordan 4s. Mm. I bought 50 pairs of those for, I think it was like 400 per pair um, in 2018. And then literally six months later or a year later, the shoe's $1,000. Damn. Now you're going from four hundred to a thousand dollars. Yeah. Times fifty pairs. Yeah. So that's six hundred profit times fifty pairs. I think that's like thirty something thousand dollars in profit. And so I posted that video when they were four hundred dollars. And I had zero followers. Mm. No one was following me. And I posted that video and I was like, I already know it's gonna go to a thousand. I'm just gonna let, you know, the video do its magic and then six months later everyone's gonna see it and then they'll see. It's like it's whatever. Like they'll see. And when I posted that video, every single person I was friends with in sneakers bashed me. Hmm. There was not a single person that didn't bash me. And they're all like, like, this video sucks. Like, it's not going to work. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, time will tell. We'll hmm. just see. And um, six months later, they, they go up to $1,000. And uh, that video blew up. Damn. Like right, like six months later, when they went up in price, the video hit like 200k views or something. Damn. And I was like, damn, like that's that's pretty sick. And then from then on, nobody else on YouTube was talking about it. So I was like, I'm gonna talk about it. Nobody has information on it. I'm gonna give out the information on it. Um, and so for like that whole time period, I was just posting what's gonna go up and what's not gonna go up, and. <laughs> that's kind of how my YouTube started, really. And are you still YouTubing? Are you still a YouTuber? I'm still YouTubing, but I'm focusing on... Um, I post like once a month, maybe. Um, I have a really strong... Someone said this the other day. They're like, you have a cult fan base. Damn. I didn't really believe it because I was like, I don't know, it's hmm. not really like that. It's just shoes. Um, but the more and more I start to think about it, like if I don't post a video for like three months and I post another video, like people still come back and watch like mm. people. I, it seems like they, they don't like, they just keep watching, um, which is awesome. But I, I post like once a month I've slowed down because um, I recently started a software company with my buddy. Um, Damn. Yeah. It's, it's for sneakers. It's for sneaker stores. Wow. And the whole kind of thought process behind it. It's funny I say this. Like it's everything like everything is so relationship based, but the kid I the, the guy I started it with, um, I met him on Facebook when I was 15 hmm. on a Facebook group. And he used to own at the time the biggest bot company to bot okay. sneakers. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was at the time like the biggest one. Um I'm sure people watching probably know. I don't know if I should I'll just say it. It's called I'll just it's called Easy Cop Bots. Okay. Um if you've been in the game for a while they they know like that's that was like the bot back then and so i used to talk with him a lot and then um we kind of fizzled out in like 2018 
2017, he went to college and everything. And then um, fast forward now, we're working, you know, we, we finished this software and we work with over 100 stores Dang. to provide it. And essentially what this software does, it goes back to the flight club consignment thing. We built a software so these stores have the same infrastructure as flight club. So they're able to intake consignment because back then that's how I, like I was doing consignment with Flight Club. And I was like, why don't any of these other stores have a system to manage their inventory just like the hundred million dollar company Flight Club? Then hmm. I was like, okay, well, to develop something like this, it's going to cost millions of dollars. It's not like a ten, twenty thousand dollar thing. It's millions of dollars. And so I was like, that's probably the reason. Like most sneaker stores aren't going to pay a lot of money for it. And I was like. This is a real problem because, like, I want to consign with some of these stores. Like, there's a store in Seattle that uses it. Um, and I was like, I want to consign with them. But how are they going to track everything? How are they going to pay me out? How are they going to manage the inventory? How are they going to separate the store owned from consignment? Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, I guess, you know, me, me and my partner are just going to solve that problem. And so we, like, the amount of work it takes to run a software company is crazy. Mm -hmm. And I think that if I didn't have a passion for shoes, I just throw it in the bin. Um, but the fact that I think like I do, and I want to make a really big change in sneaker reselling and give resellers the opportunity to consign at local stores with them, support these local stores and kind of create the synergy of like, they're bringing them shoes, the store is selling them, but everything is super automated. The consigners are getting their payouts. The consigners are viewing what they have. Got it. So they'd buy it online and then it'd automatically get a cut, you're saying? Or how would that work? Yeah. So someone, let's, so consignment is basically like a reseller like me mm. comes to a store, brings them a shoe, and they're like, you guys sell the shoe in store or online and you take a 20 to 30% cut. Got it. Um, and everyone was doing it through pen and paper or Excel spreadsheets. And I was like, that's just not going to cut it at scale. Mm -hmm. These stores need something way better. And um, not only that, like, since I have this brand now, uh, to get con consigners, like, that's a hard thing, too. Because, mm -hmm. like, if you don't have a big following, like, or you've been around for a while, to get consigners, it's very difficult. So even with a lot of these stores, it's, like, new ones that we work with, we probably send them, like, two to $400,000 worth of consignment mm -hmm. over time. Not, like, right away, but, like, over a period of time, it's, like... We're like, okay, they're selling really well. They obviously need more inventory. We have a, I like with the following I have, I'm able to get a lot of consigners um, for these stores. And I mean, basically they fill up these stores to the brim. Yeah. And these stores don't have any issue now with mismanagement, losing shoes, selling the shoes, paying out consigners, um, managing consigners, like, Everything is automated to the point where it's like there's like almost no there's no room for anything mm -hmm. happening. That's but do like, some companies say no? And if they do, is that just because they're stuck in the past or how does yes, that work? Yes, absolutely. It. And that it's so funny you say that because it's so funny you say that. We're working. So I there's the there's a store. I'm not going to say the name, but for two or three months of me telling them this is a store I wanted to work with. They see the, you know, the store looked amazing. I love working with stores that have an amazing layout and I think I can grow them. Like the ones that I think I can grow the most and help them like hit, you know, two, $300,000 months. I'm like, I want to work with you guys. Mm -hmm. Let's create this like thing bigger than what it is. 
And for two, three months, she was like, no, I have a software I'm using that I'm paying $500 a month for. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And um, my buddy who I was, I've been, you know, we've been working together through reselling. He lived in the same town that um, the store was. And he was also doing consignment with them on like, no offense to the software that they were using, but it was the worst software. <laughs> but it, it was all that was out there. Yeah. And they were paying $500 a month for it. And I was like, like, I know like we can transform your business. We can send you hundreds of more consigners, another $300,000 worth of consignment, like easily. And so my buddy was consigning with that store. So he kept going in there and he was like, look, like I'm telling you, like this will help you so much. And it was almost getting to the point where that store owner was like, it seemed like he was disliking me because yeah. we were so persistent. Um, and usually I'm not persistent at all with like most stores because right now a lot of it's just growing word of mouth because yeah. it's like literally like every single store tells three, four, five other stores and then they all come to us and we help them. And so Damn. it's so funny. Like when we finally got that guy on our software um, and this is literally because I loved how a store was set up and like the whole operation. Uh he is one of our biggest, like, what is the word? Like supporters or one of our biggest, like, uh, guys that like will do anything to help us grow. Mm -hmm. Like to that point, like our salt, like from going from what he was using, paying $500 a month for something that was lagging, bugging it half the time. It didn't even work mm -hmm. to now he doesn't pay us a monthly fee. Um, we have a different structure, but He's gotten over $300,000 more in consignment. Damn. And he's also gotten, I think he said, he said the other day we were on the phone, he said 400 more consigners. Damn. 400, to get 400 consigners is so hard in for most sneaker stores. And so, I mean, we did a complete transformation on a store um, together. And like, it just like, the, the amount of pairs he got is is insane. And he's one of the biggest advocates for our software company now. Like mm -hmm. he always calls me. He's like, anything you need to grow, I'll help you. Every single store I, I, we have right now, they all either refer, like they all refer to other stores. Like they're Damn. just just for, they're just like, this is the one. And so like- And could that work for clothes as, as well? Yeah, yeah. A lot of them sell clothes. And that's actually the funny thing is like on clothing, margin is higher. Mm -hmm. So like for sneakers, let's say your margin is like 20, 30% clothing your margins like 50 40 percent mm. and so it's a full like decked out like fully operational like system that does everything accessories clothing shoes and like it's crazy to me how like the stores that i'm the closest with today i'm close with every store that we work with but the stores that i'm the closest with today are the ones that were initially very skeptical of us. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh like i'm used to doing excel spreadsheets and everything like that or i'm used to using this dinky software a month or two after they're with us like it, it's the craziest thing like i've seen it's like they are the it seems like i'm the closest with them because they call me so much mm -hmm. and i call them so much and it's also like it seems like i have the closest relationships with the ones now that were initially skeptical mm -hmm. you know what i mean and it's just like it's crazy to me. And now it's really just growing word of mouth. I mean, initially it was like, you know, we had to put in some work of calling stores, but they see the value. Like any store people talk to, like they'll mm. 
they'll tell you. And because it's online, you could do like, it doesn't have to be in just Seattle or whatever for yeah. these stores. That's yeah. awesome. That's, yeah. Like, yeah. that's craziness. It's crazy. And Damn. like, that's like one of my passions now is like Flight Club got bought out by GOAT for 60 million mm-hmm. or something like that. Stadium Goods got bought out by Farfetch for 250 million. Urban Necessities, probably like a 50 something, $30 million company. Um, and they all do consignment. And I was like, these other stores don't have an opportunity to even do it. Cause mm-hmm. first of all, they don't have the funding mm-hmm. to pay that much for a setup like that. And I was like, I've been doing consignment for so long with these big stores. I've seen it all before Goat and StockX. And I was like, this it's my duty. Like if anyone's going to do it, it's going to be me. Mm-hmm. Like if anyone's going to help these stores reach another level of sales, of inventory, of profitability, like I'm going to be the one to do it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I just understand it so well that it's like calling me to do it. You know what yeah. I mean? It's Are like, there stores you wouldn't work with though? Absolutely. Got yeah. Because I'm guessing 100%. there's probably like competition or whatever, like morality for some stores. I have no idea. It's not, there's not really any competition because like Thanks, for, by the way. Um, for me to, none of the stores have competition because I mean, I can really get like an unlimited amount of consigners to these stores. So mm. it's like the competition isn't really there. But I think the biggest thing is like, we now, now that we have um, amazing stores that we work with, we don't just take like any store and we've had to take some stores off as well. Damn. Like we've had to take some stores off as well. And I don't really like working with people unless I have a close relationship with them. So do you like more of like mom and pop shops or is it like, Um, or all um, kinds? How would you even like label a consignment shop? Is not a mom. Could it be? Can a consignment shop be like a mom and pop? I guess. Um, or how would that work? I mean, I don't think it's a mom and pop. I think a lot of them are like almost like not corporatized, but like kind of like they're getting to that point. But they're below. Like, would you say where would like Lucky Dog fall in that? I guess you could say it's a mom and pop, but like I don't know what I would categorize it. I mean, they do. Most stores do like. Pretty good numbers. Can you consign to like Foot Locker or is no, no, no. So how how does that work? Is like, are there consignment shops that make more than a Foot Locker or no? No, no. Um, probably not because Foot Locker is like retail. Got it. Um, but those cons- shoes usually suck. At Foot Locker? Yeah. Yeah, that's my point. It's like <laughs> that's my point. Is like I want every single store to have the opportunity to have an unlimited influx of inventory mm-hmm. that they may have not bought, you know, themselves. So that they're like the 10x version of Foot Locker and they have mm. every single shoe that consumers actually want. Right. Not some Air Maxes or some random shoe that looks like weird from Foot Locker. Yeah. Which is cool. Like some people like those. But, you know, most people kind of going back to the story of like my brother telling me those are not real Jordans. Yeah. The ones that they sell at Foot Locker. The retros are the ones you're going to get at consignment stores. Yeah. The rare pairs that are sold yeah. out. And it's like... Mostly stores are, they're not going to buy every single shoe. So it's like consigners can just consign them and then they can have those shoes for their customers and everyone wins, Mm -hmm. everyone eats. And so that's really my, that was really my thought process behind it. And like, I think in the next couple of years, we're doing it. We're probably going to do another podcast. Okay, man. We're going to do another podcast, follow up again in the next couple of years. We're going to see like 
a huge shift in sneaker stores going from lucky dog being buy sell trade to being more like a flight club Hmm. being more like a stadium goods being more i guess you could say like what it corporatized is that that but is that if it's corporatized does that mean for the consumers things get more expensive for them though or how does that work yeah absolutely so that's good for the company but shitty for consumers or it's good for the company um but the thing is is consumers can go and goat and stock x Hmm. the thing is is like you're gonna wait 12 days before you get your shoe which is fine for some people but if you want your shoe right away it's a convenience fee of like you can go in a store Mm -hmm. and there will be every single shoe that's pretty much on goat for the most part that most people want but you can get it today so it's like the difference of like do you want to wait two weeks or something like that a week and a half or do you want to go into a store and get your pair right away because sometimes for me i'm like the other day i was looking for these in a store by me Mm -hmm. right because I was like, if I order off stock X, I'm going to have to wait two weeks. Lo and behold, there's no store near me that has these. Mm-hmm. So I have to go on stock X, right? Um, and now I'm, I've been waiting two weeks just to get a new pair of these. And so my thing is like, I, even for me, I want to go in a store and just buy them right away. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I don't mind paying the extra 50, 60 bucks just to get them right there. Um, and so that's kind of like my thought process behind it is like, People will pay more for in-store, but it's like the difference of do you want to get it in a day or do you want to get it in two weeks? Right. Um, And that's kind of the thought process behind it. But I think, yeah, I mean, a lot of people will still stick with GOAT and StockX um, and wait two weeks. So that's never going to get faster because they have to go to the authentication process? Never going to get faster. They have to get their authentication process First of all, they have to hire authenticators. And to get authenticators, I mean, we go back to me knowing how to authenticate every shoe. That took me 10 years. Mm -hmm. Most of the people, they have to hire a lot of people. And most of the people they hire are like, they probably haven't been in the game for 10 years. Mm -hmm. The amount of employees, like Goat probably has a thousand employees now. They probably have a lot of authenticators throughout all their warehouses. Um, I think they have like 17 across the world. Mm -hmm the chances of getting like 100% authenticators, it's pretty rare. Now, if we look at the stores, um, they've all been in the game for a while, mm-hmm. most of the time. Like if you open a sneaker store, you've probably been doing sneakers for, I think, over five years. And so if you've been in it for that long, that's just kind of like another level of like, you probably know what's real or what's fake. Right. Whereas for StockX and Goat, it's like StockX is hiring people that, are looking for a job and they're going to train them on how to legit check something. But half the time it might not even be real. Right. And that's why there's so many headlines for stock X that they sell fakes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like Nike was, I think on, in a lawsuit. What about like an, a, do you think AI is going to fix that? Down the road? They say AI is going to fix it. I, I don't, I think with shoes, it's like you have to have the physical shoe. Got it. In Like right next to you, feel it. Some people smell it, mm. which is crazy to me. <laughs> I don't know if I've done that. Um, but that's the thing of like stores where it's like the shoe is in hand. Mm-hmm. Whereas Goat and Stock X, the shoe is with the seller. They ship it to the warehouse. The warehouse authenticates it in a couple of days and then ships it to the buyer or the buyer. Yeah. Whereas the store, it's like they get the shoe, it's in hand, they check everything, mm-hmm. and then they just sell it. And 99.9% of the time, they're authentic because they're not going to risk their whole entire store and brand. To sell a fake shoe. Right. Whereas a seller on stock X or goat, 
they're behind a screen. Yeah. They don't have an actual brick and mortar, so they don't care. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, if it passes, it's a little quick come up. Yeah. Um, whereas with a brick and mortar, it's like, oh, if we sell a fake, like we're going to get a Google review, a Yelp review. We're probably going to get called out. And the brand that they've been building for so many years, it just goes down the drain. Yeah. So that's the thing like about, I guess, brick and mortars and like people that have actual sneaker stores is they have that higher level of risk um, that they will not take fakes. They will not buy fakes and they will not let consigners consign fakes. Got it. Um, but shout out to Goat. Like they have a really good authentication process. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Like shout out to Goat. And I've got some good shoes on there before. Have sure. you bought a lot off of Goat? I'd say it's a mixture between Goat and StockX. I've been going to Lucky Dog occasionally too. Yeah. I, I got these uh, Jordan 1 Equalities uh-huh. that I've been wanting. I had I got them like two years ago, but I had wanted them for like five years. Like they're the black and white ones that have the quality on the back yeah, of the heel. Yeah, yeah, Because those ones are pretty, and they were used, but like, I didn't mind. They were beat up a little bit. I was like, yeah. oh, fuck it. Because yeah. those are, those go for a lot usually, so. So how many pairs have you have you bought, you think, off of? All together, I only have like 26 pairs of shoes all together. Probably 20 of them are bought from either StockX or Goat mixture like it might be like literally split right down the middle yeah honestly do you see yourself like ever going into a store like the store i work in seattle it's called soulmates oh i know soulmates Soulmates, yeah paris from soulmates and he uses our software and he's gotten a lot of consignment from it do you ever see yourself going in and buying a shoe from a store like that or would you always just like wait for goat and stock x i would i would go in the store if i thought it was an actual good deal like i literally got these power phases two or three years ago for i kid you not 60 bucks from lucky dog i got power phases from lucky dog too yeah three years ago yeah yeah so like if it's an actual like if i genuinely feel and like in my heart that's a good deal i will buy it in store yeah but sometimes some of the times i feel like the things are overpriced in stores but that's all relative like how do you know if you're actually getting ripped off at a store or not yeah because yeah. like there is there's there is like definitely like the convenience fee and then also comparing to how much it's going for online. Yeah. But you never know really. You never know. I think um for people that want a shoe right away or even clothing or accessory, whatever it is, chances are you're gonna get an authentic item from a store mm-hmm. right away. Like you can just go but you're gonna pay more. Yeah. But it's gonna be authentic. Whereas with StockX for clothing or whatever it is. There's a chance it might be fake. And there's also that two week waiting period of like, if they are fake, now you have to go through the whole process yeah. of getting them shipped back. And now you're, you paid for a shoe, you waited two weeks. Now you're probably going to wait another two weeks to get the shoe again. Yeah. Now a month goes by yeah. and you don't have the real shoe. Whereas with brick and mortar, um, consignment shops or sneaker shops, it's like, if you have every state has a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Um, some states have 50 plus of them. You can just see which one has the shoe you want for the cheapest and then go in there, get it the same day. You're going to pay more, obviously, but it gives you that safety of like, you're not going to have to wait and you're not going to have to think, oh, is it real or is it fake? Right. So that's definitely a huge, huge part of it, Um, which, which I guess I'm a huge, I guess I'm an advocate for it because that's... <laughs> That's what I'm trying to do. You mm-hmm. know, that's like my goal for every sneaker store. It's yeah. like give them the 
tools and consigners and inventory and everything to succeed. Were sneaker stores ever actually hit by like this whole Kanye West controversy? Because I still see yeah. Yeezys in sh- stores all the time. Hit in terms of like, because I like you know like he had the falling out with Adidas and then also, but even before that you know like the fact that like, he made so many yeah of them so like. Yeah, he, I wonder if those two different incidents, like I guess I don't even know if you call like there being more shoes yeah. and incidents or not, but like have had have both those events like affected the value of Yeezys at sneaker stores? It's so funny because like people forget so fast nowadays. Hmm. Like the whole thing about what Kanye said, like it was horrible, but nobody talks about it anymore. Hmm. And people are like, oh, like his shoes are great. Yeah. Or they'll say like he made college drop out yeah. or something like yeah. that. People, it, it's sad, but it's like people forget about this stuff so quickly and they move on. And uh, sneaker stores are back to selling Yeezys. Most sneaker store, their number one sellers are like Yeezy slides. Yeah. And they sell them for 150 above. Do you like Yeezy X's. slides? I like them. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I still want the, uh, what time is it by the way? We've got a few more minutes. Then we've got to both bounce. Um, I still like I I haven't gotten a pair yet, but those Crocsella, Celia, whatever her name is. I think I know what you're talking about. It's like Crocs X S E L A H. Let me yeah. look real quick. Yeah. Um, that's I, the only Crocs collab that I like. Crocs. Crocs are making a comeback. These the Polex claw. Wait, no wait. These. Let's see. Have you seen these? Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. like these. Yeah. But like I don't see many too many people wear them. No, I will say this though: Yeezys are, I think, somewhat making a comeback. Adidas had a huge boost with Kanye, mm-hmm. and I know they're gonna say they're gonna kick him off and everything, but like they're losing a lot of business doing that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that sneaker stores are—they're all back to selling Yeezys. At, at first, they're obviously like, "Yeah, no more selling Yeezys." couple months they're like oh we're losing sales by not selling easy so they're going to go back to it but yeah it is what it is i think people tend to forget about things very quickly yeah um even if they're as bad as what kanye was saying so yeah i don't really know where to yeah and are there any like i guess i haven't really seen any sneakers drop lately that i've been really guess these except these crocs but i don't know like when they're actually especially living in seattle when the best time to even buy those would be the only pair of shoes i've been actually wanting i still don't have a pair of fear of gods i like the fear of god nike collab which one the 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 ones that look like fucking ninja shoes or whatever i still haven't had a pair of those those? yeah you know i found those at the outlet once oh shit really yeah crazy damn yeah and um the only other pair besides that i've looked at for a while is the um those fucking Air Force skeleton shoes that glow in the dark. Oh yeah, I, <laughs> I think those are sick. Yeah. But like, it's funny because I'm, I'm almost too late to buy them right now because like every time it starts to get towards fall, yeah. they go up tremendously. Yeah. But by the summertime, it's like hella cheap to get them. It's sneaker, kind of sneaker investments, man. Yeah, sneaker investments that they keep going up in price. Yeah. Um, except the Panda Dunks, mm. which sucks. What are some shoes like that you should? You're, you'd say people should be on the lookout for that have dropped or are dropping. That should go up in price. Yeah. I haven't done it in a while. I know we're almost done with this. Let me quickly check um, StockX and just yeah, go no through worries. what they have. And then I can just... Okay. So UNC Toe, I don't know if the camera picks this up. Maybe. It's okay. fine. Not If it's fine, it's not. But UNC Toe, those bands are going for like 200 
all the shops I work with sell them above 300, mm. some of them 400. That's a shoe. If it was 2020, man, would those be hitting, but mm. it's not 2020 anymore. People aren't getting those stimulus checks. Yeah. Um, but the GS as well. Okay. looks like a 2020 shoe. Yeah. Right. That like TikTokers would wear. I think these are, so these are like 150, 140. In my humble opinion, I think that these will probably hit like 250 in the near future. Um, but then again, you know, who knows? Mm. Stuff could all collapse. And aside from that, I mean, Yeezys perform pretty well, but I don't know, man. I mean, my, my main focus right now is just like the whole store thing. I did the outlets. I did the flight club consignment. I did the investments. Everyone yeah. has seen that since this whole time I've been on sneaker or YouTube. Um, everyone has seen me go through all those phases. And I think like there are other people right now that can, you know, do it, do that. Right. I think right now my next step is like, how can I build, you know, get something even bigger for sneaker resellers? That's awesome. You know, so you don't personally sell sneakers anymore. No, I do. Okay. Yeah. This, all the stores I work with, I, I, I could sign with them too. Oh, but it's not like you have, you don't have to like, are you just doing virtual trades at this point though? Or do you still have to like go places no. and buy them and then go to another place and sell them to that person? Um. So, I mean, I have a lot of inventory right now, a lot of inventory, um, probably like 2000 pairs. And I, disperse them towards stores mm. that I like am close with or just stores that need the shoe. Um, and then they sell them for me. And then through the software they use that it's, that's our software. Um, you know, they cash me out when it sells and the whole thing. So yeah, I, I, I work with a lot of stores. I try and give them inventory and, uh, cause you, they sell for a lot higher than stock X or goat. So mm. I'm making $150 more than I would on stock X or goat. So yeah, I mean, might as well. Got it. You know, so, but like you're, I'm not meeting people up. Got it. That's if I'm buying, they're shipping it to me. And you like you at this point, you like buy in bulk, probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah Got it. Yeah, just buy in bulk. Damn, that's awesome. You can you still do this, man? That's fucking yeah. another ten, maybe in another ten years, twenty years. Damn. Well, twenty years would be. Yeah, another ten years. Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Well, this has been awesome. What is yeah. a what is some advice? Final advice. You've given some lot of gems. You know, yeah. people should definitely check out your book and. If you're a business, maybe check out his 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 software. His software. <laughs> software. It's funny. I don't sell the book anymore, but oh um, shit, okay. yeah, I just stopped because I was like, I, it's it's a great book, but uh -huh. I just like, yeah, I just stopped. But um, advice. I mean, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I think the biggest thing is like, do what you understand. There was a lot of people as I was coming up that um, sad to say, but they essentially tried to like copy what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take you far because if you try and do what someone else is doing, you're always going to try and do that. You mm -hmm. can't really think for yourself. And I think the biggest thing is like, do what you know best, do what you've been doing for the longest amount of time. Read a lot of books. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I have a book, but you know, there are a million other books that have, that people have written that could benefit you. But yeah, basically just like try and read as many books as you can build strong relationships with people. Cause the people I'm doing business with today, I did with them when I was 15, 16. Mm -hmm. So it's the same people. Build strong relationships. Don't burn bridges. Yeah, That's a big one. Don't burn bridges. And um, I mentioned this in my first podcast, I think, with this was before you. Mm -hmm. um, it was basically just be kind. That's it. Just be kind. Like in business, just be kind. And like don't, you know don't assume that people owe you something just because 
you're a person. I feel like a lot of people think that. They think right. people owe me something just because just because I exist. And that's not the mindset to go into always give first before you ask in any business. Um, so I think that's really important. And like I said, like do what you do, what's your calling, like do what you, you know, you really want to do. Um, for me, it's shoes, you know, for you, it's like podcasting and media yeah. and stuff like that. And I'm sure like five years from now, you're probably going to have a massive you know, thing. Cause you stuck with it. Yeah. You know, we're going to come back to this in five years. Yeah, we're yeah. going to see, we're going to see in five years where it goes. And, yeah. and I know it's going to be big hundred percent because you've stuck with it for so long. And yeah, I think that's really that. I mean, just keep working and keep doing your thing. Fuck yeah. What is the easiest way for people to reach you? Uh, sneaker invest at G to reach me. That's the thing. I don't, I'm not to reach <laughs> I mean, you could do sneaker invest at Gmail or not at Gmail. The Instagram. Okay. Gmail. What am I? Like 50? <laughs> uh, sneaker Invest, yeah, on Instagram. Uh, YouTube, I sometimes post on there. Um, but aside from that, like, I'd say Instagram, probably where I... Besides that, he's a ghost. He and only I'll, sees... I'll, I'll try. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, this has been the NAS Podcast with... Isaac. My real name. <laughs> now we know my name. Not 206 Souls. Not 206 Souls. I changed that name. It's not 206 Souls anymore. Forget about it. And we did it.